Nun Gimelamud Beis, about ten lines from the bottom, the first words in the line are Virami de Rabbi Meir, Ad Rabbi Meir. I want to underline that and put a, a Roman numeral one in the margin. And on the bottom line of Nun Dalad Amud Aleph, um, if you flip ahead to there, you'll see it says Virami de Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Bidirabanan. So I underlined the Rami de Bidirabanan. We'll go back over it in a minute, but we're going to start today with an apparent stira in Rebbe Meir's of what you do in the realm of Daraisa. Then we we'll get to the bottom of Nundala Ramad Aleph, we'll see a stira in Rebbe Yehuda's in the realm of Darabanan. And then just uh, for, um, I guess, structural sake, on Nundala Ramad Bey's, two, four, six, seven lines down, first word in line is Le'i Arumi, and then right after that it says Rami de Rebbe Yossi ad Rebbe Yossi, which would be, I guess, like a Roman numeral three. So essentially, till we get to that mission on Nundalama Bays, there's three, uh, I guess, sugyas or subsugyas that we're going to deal with. An apparent contradiction within first Reb Meir, then Reb Yehuda, then Reb Yossi, what do they hold? Now, if we just go back for a moment to the end of the last year, we had seen that there was a question Reb Meir, at Reb Meir, Reb Yehuda, Reb Yehuda, and we answered, we concluded the last time that there was no difficulty. Let's focus on Rabbi Meir right now. Um, when is there a knas that the Rabbanan put on something? So Rabbi Meir said that the knas is in the realm of the Rabbanan's but in the Daraisa. Like everyone knows Daraisa. It's like lightning coming down on Sinai, striking you to death. Uh, no need for the Rabbanan to step in and make a knas. The problem is though, and this is more points to set now, for Rami Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, even in the realm of Daraisa where they don't make the knas. Desanya. We're going to have a Bryson now that Gamora brings, it's about four and a half lines, and it says as follows. Now we're going to be, uh, we want to focus on Rabbi Meir ultimately, but we'll see there's a couple other Tanoim here. Hanoiteya, you're not supposed to plant something on Shabbos. Truth is, you're not supposed to plant something during the Shemitah year either. Those are both Isurei Doraisa. Let's say Hanoiteya, colon, let's say somebody planted. If it was Bishabbos, underline Bishabbos during uh, Saturday morning, Bishoigeg Yikayim, Bemezid Yaakir. If he did it Bishoigeg, you can leave it there. It was a mistake. Okay, fine. You shouldn't have done it. Bemezid did it on purpose. Yaakir, you have to uproot it. Okay? That's on a typical Saturday. Let's say you're in Eretz Yisrael, typical Shemitah year. Ubeshvias, I diamond Ubeshvias. If you're during the Shemitah year, which you're also, this is a derice of planting something. Over there, ben b'shoigeg, I double underline b'shoigeg, ben b'mezid, yaker. You have to totally uproot it, not only if you did b'mezid, even if you did b'shoigeg, none other than divre, and we boxed Rebbe Meir. Okay, that certainly sounds kind of like that we're consoning shoigegat to mezid, because we see you didn't have a problem if you did a b'shoigeg on Shabbos, but we do on Shemitah. Rebbe Yehuda, who we boxed Oimer, he says like this, um, kind of like the opposite. Bishvius, put a diamond around Bishvius. Over there, that's where we make a distinction between Shoigeg and Mezid. Bishoigeg, which I double underlined, says Rabbi Yehuda, Yekayim. Listen, a Shemitah year, you planted it, you can keep it. The Mezid, if you do it on purpose, Yeaker. So there, there's a distinction in the halacha, as opposed to Rabbi Yehuda says, Bishabis, underlined, if you do it on a typical Saturday morning, Bain Bishoigeg, Bain Bemezid. Basically, they say the opposite. Uh, Rebbe Meir is the one who seems to require uh, a knas of Shoigat Humezid during the Shemitah year, not on Shabbos. And Rebbe Yehuda says the same thing, but on Shabbos, not in the Shemitah year. Okay, now we're bringing this in, this, uh, this snake's source finished, we're bringing it ostensibly to show us here within Rebbe Meir's that he does, it seems like uh, Rebbe Meir would yes make a knas in the realm of Deorah, so specifically the Shemitah year, planting Shoigat Atu Mezid. Whereas before we said he would not. Before we even get to that stira, intrinsically we're, we're kind of stuck. Uletamech. Like, let's look in the Bryce itself before we bring it as a question on something else. Tikshilach higufa. Michti. Ha daraisa. An Isra, let's say, planting on Saturday morning is a daraisa Isra. Shabbos. The ha daraisa. An Isra planting on a Shemitah year is also a daraisa. Maishna Shabbos or Maishna Shviyas. Why the difference in Halacha? Both of them have different, they have different differences, but they both say there's a difference in the Halacha. Why? Why, according to Rabbi Meir, apparently, we should constant in the realm of Shemitah, but not Shabbos, and Rabbi Yehuda, the opposite. 
Ela hasam kedektani taima. I guess if we just kept reading in the Brisa, over there, above Hasam, I wrote Shviyas. When it comes to Shemitah Halachas, it's like the Brisa goes on to say, and the, uh, this uh, Brisa goes till the third line, Nudalad Amad Aleph, says as follows. It's basically Rabbi Meir explaining his reasoning. Amar Rabbi Meir, underline his name. Why is it that I said when it comes to Shabbos, if someone planted B'Shegeg uh, Yekayim, he can keep it, B'Mezi Yaker, Kama, as opposed to Bishviyas, when it comes to Bishmitir, Bain Bishayik, Bain Demezid Yakir. You always have to uproot it. Why? Here's the reason why. Answer. Mimneshi Yisroel, Moinin Lishviyas, Vein Moinin Lishabasais. Very interesting. Uh, you know, how, how much do busybodies and nosy people really make a cheshpan as to what's going on? It seems like they make quite a cheshpan. Says the, the Rashi, this is the Rashi on the bottom of Nun Gimel Amit that uh, Jewish people um, count years, but not weeks, or not Shabbos. So, Mainin Yisrael Lashviyas. Says the Rashi, Yisrael Mainin Shnois Netiyoy Sehen They know what year they planted in. Why? What difference does it make? Like for Jews, everything makes a difference. You've got to keep track of everything. You've got to know what year is this? The first year, second year, third year? Why? I underline those two words. You've got to know second year produce, it's usser. Third year produce, it's usser. Fourth year, you have to take it to a shalim. Fifth year, you can start eating it. When is the orla finished? On the fourth year is the net revai. Now, comma. Haroya. The typical nosy onlooker, Moina Hashanim Lemafreya. So he's going to say, Oh, look at that. Bob started eating those apples from his apple tree. And he's going to count back. The idea, let's see here. Um, last year would have been year three, the year before year two, the year before year one. Oh, hey, Margaret, wasn't that a Shemitah year? It must have been he planted it during a Shemitah year. The idea, Shanata Margaret, next Shemitah year comes along, we're going to be planting apple trees also. It seems a little bit far-fetched, but I guess it's a reasonable enough hashash that you have to aser even shaygeg. So if you did b'shaygeg, that is Rabbi Meir when it comes to the shmitia. That's what it means moinin l'shviyas. They'll count back in years and they'll figure it must plant in the shmitia. The ain moinin l'shabasais. They're not going to count l'shabasais, which Rashi says on the top. What does it mean? Week? How does he know if he planted it on like a Thursday or a Saturday morning? Netiyo isayin ain moinin says Rashi. Netiyo isayin l'shabasais. For the, what day of the week? Shane mining yamim lenetia. Who cares what day was planted on? You need to know years for Orla, for Revai Lafikach. Ain't every adul is man meruba. Once some time has passed, no one has any idea. Shenatza that he planted it Bishabbos on Saturday morning. That's the reason why. Davar Acher, alternatively, I squeal in on the Davar Acher. For some reason, we need to give another uh, reason. In general, Jewish people were a little bit concerned that they might uh, not keep the halachas of Shemitah properly as opposed to the halachas of Shabbos. And this is certainly a, sort of like a cultural thing and you have to see. And at that time, that's where, the, that's where Klai Yisrael was holding. That uh, maybe they would violate, much more likely to violate something Shemitah related than Shabbos related. Why do we need this davar acher? Wasn't the first explanation good enough that the we're concerned about the onlooker and he'll count back? He does it for years, not for, you know, it was seventy three days ago, which happened to be Saturday morning. Well, my davar acher asked the Gemara, Haki kamar. This is the point. V'chitema Shabbos nami. If you have such a calculating onlooker, maybe Saturday also zimnin. You never know what could have happened. Demikla yom shloishim b'Shabbos. Okay. Um, when do people file their taxes? I don't know. When is it due? The 15th? So people, a lot of people, there's the rush to all the post offices on the 15th or the 14th, then we're going to send to the last minute. When do people plant their trees? Well, if I plant it, let's say, 27 days before Rosh Hashanah, it's not going to count as a year. When do I want to get that last planting in? 30 days before. As long as it's 30 days before, and you can have 30 days, that'll count as year one. So there's a rush probably would just make sense right before like day 33, 32, 31 and certainly on day 30 to get your planting in so it'll already count as a year and then you can already go into year 2 of Arla as soon as Rosh Hashanah starts so it could very well be that you know when day 30 before the Rosh Hashanah fell out on a Shabbos Kodesh on a Friday night Saturday if the person plants on that day 
who disalkalay shas that account as a whole year. It mm-hmm. saves him like uh, you know good uh, 10, 11 months. The e lo, and if not lo salkalei shasa. In which case, you might have the busy, nosy onlooker who knows this guy plans at the last minute and he'll work back and he'll see, ooh, the last minute. When was that? That was like on a, on a Saturday morning. Must be it's okay to plant on a Saturday morning. If you think that that might also be a concern, that's why we brought the davracher tashma, davar acher, and we quote for line and a half of the brisa. In general, true, that calculation should also be made, but the working assumption is next to Yisrael Ashviyas, the Jewish people are we're, we're more concerned they might violate small aspects of the Shemitah year, which, by the way, it's a whole year. It does go on for a long time. And we know it goes on even longer. You know, the payros from Mosi Shviyas, it can be six, seven, eight, nine months, and you're still dealing with it. The low next to Shabbos, but not Shabbos Kodesh. Okay, well, what do we bring all this in? Because we're trying to say Tikshilach HaGufa. So within at least Rebbe Meir, do we see that there's no stira? Yeah, because according to Rabbi Meir, there's more of a concern when it comes to Shemitah. The Rabbi Yehuda, Ad Rabbi Yehuda, which was the intrinsic difficulty, he also seemed to be not consistent in, in the opposite way. Also, Laikasha. Rabbi Yehuda said that if it's a Shemitah year, you did Beshoigeg, your putter. On Shabbos, you're always going to be chayev. What, what's going on during the Shemitah year? Veloikasha. You know why? And this is why I say it really is relative, because Ba'asrei, the Rabbi Yehuda, he was true. He's one of the gedolim we talk about for all Gans Kleisher. But he had a place, and he was the rav of that place. And in that place, chamira lehu shviyas. That no, no, no. There, they really took shemitah seriously, and therefore they are much less likely to violate shemitah. And you know how you know when a society takes something seriously when you get insulted by somebody and they call you a... What do they call you? So this is a great... When you had two guys who were sort of like going at it, and one says to the other, you dire bar dirasa, you convert the son of a convert, you know what the, the, the put down, the, the comeback was to that? Amarle says, well, at least I don't. Anna... I don't eat Shemitah produce like you do, which is it's interesting proof, but you can see in that society, like the, the lowest of the low were the people who were not keeping Shemitah properly. Gemara is just fantastic. I don't know, you don't see this. The Rishonim don't speak like this. The Navi a little bit, but the fantastic time in Jewish history to have our, our Tosh Shabal Pet codified. Is it, uh, anyway, makes me smile. Okay, now, no, Good, we clarified the intrinsic difficulty within that Bryce that we started with, right? You have uh, Rabbi Yehuda saying one thing when it comes to Shemitah versus Shabbos, and bottom line is because where Rabbi Yehuda lived, they took Shemitah very seriously, so they didn't have to concentrate on Tumazit. Shabbos, he did. What about Rabbi Meir? Well, Rabbi Meir says the real concern about the onlookers who will be able to count back years, but they're not going to count back days. Tashma, we have now, uh, from here, really, I... I guess until the Ahmed Bays is four Bryces. Really, the last three are sort of like machine gun one-liners. Um, all of them questioning uh, that that the Rebbe Mayer who had said Rami der Mayer der Mayer bidorice, which really what we started out with Rebbe Mayer that we had the last time we met said in Deoraisas, you don't make a knas. This Rebbe Mayer, when it came to the Deoraisa of Shmita, said you do make a knas. You constant shoygig atumezid. So. Tashma, uh, as uh, Rashi says, just to sort of focus our attention back in, Rashi's about five lines down, if you skip over into the Rashi, Dibur Maskil Tashma says, Tashma what? Come, where are we? Tashma de Rabbi Meir, Bidirabanan, Lekan We see Tashma, when it comes to Rabbanans, he does not constant Shoigig. So here we go. Now, now, this Tashma takes a real long time to develop. Actually, it marked as a long question mark, and it goes from here to the last one on the line, maybe 17, 15 lines later, is uh, Kansu. And uh, let's see what happens. So we start with a five-line perfect Brisa. And uh, come in here. This is a case, there's a, there's a little bit of a background here. Achal Truma Temeya. Let's say, not my Truma, somebody else's Truma. Even if it smells good, even if it looks good, I, I'm not supposed to somebody else's. So let's say accidentally, and by the way, am I a Kohen? Probably shouldn't be eating Truma. truma. Even if I am a Kohen, I shouldn't be eating some other Kohen's Truma. Achal Truma Temeya. So if Bishoy somebody went and ate uh, Truma Temeya, 
what do I have to pay back when I pay back? If I get anyone's anything, I basically stole it, whether it's B'Shoi Gemeza, I have to pay it back. Mishalem Chulen Tahoyrin. I have to pay back Chulen, and I pay back the Chulen that is Tahor. Okay? Why do I have to pay back Chulen Tahoyrin? So let's see Rashi. Rashi says, Mishalem Chulen Tahoyrin. Lekaman Parach, Amai Mishalem Tahoyrin. That's what I want you to see in the Rashi. But that question, we're, we're going to get to that. Back in the Brisa. You, you, mean, you mean, why does it have to be, why is it Chulun and not Truma? Why, well, why is it Tahor? If I ate Truma Tamea, why do I have to pay back Tahor stuff? Why don't I just pay back Truma Tamea, which is a lot less expensive if I have to pay it back. Oh. Let's say I paid back, uh, I'm supposed to pay back Chulun Tahirin. Let's say I paid back Shilem, back in the Brisa, Chulun Tamein Mahu. Okay? Is that cheaper? Yeah, it's probably cheaper. Did I have, have I like fulfilled my obligation to return the thing that I, I took uh, uh, wrongly? So shilim chulin tamein mahu. What about that? As we say that the guy has paid back what he has to, it counts or not? Amar sumchus mishum rabbi meyer. I box rabbi meyer. He says, well, it depends what the motivation was over here. If it was bishoygeg. If it was Beshoig that he paid, that he, he didn't know that they were Tameh at the time. You know, oh, I ate like a pound here, I'm paying a pound back. Then Tashlum of Tashlum, and it counts as though he paid back, um, and he's Potter with this, and they basically become Truma. But by the way, when I eat somebody else's Truma and I'm paying back Hulan, the act of paying it back turns it into Truma-like. It's not actual Truma, but it takes on that Truma status because it was paid back to pay back Truma that had been eaten. So, Tashlum of Tashlumen, and if it's Tmeya, it becomes Truma Tmeya, which, by the way, what did I eat? Truma Tmeya. Okay, fine. But Mazid, if I'm paying back the Chulen Tmeyan, and I know it's Chulen Tmeyan, then ain't Tashlum of Tashlumen. It doesn't count. You got to go back to the store and buy the more expensive stuff and pay that if you want to be considered, so you paid back. That's from Meir. The Chachamim, I remember, back to the Chachamim. Echad Zeve Echad Zeh. Tashlum of Tashlumen. Whether the payback was B'shoigig, the wrong thing, or B'meizig, the wrong thing, it counts as a payback. What do we care about that? That that, I don't know, magically or spiritually becomes Truma-like, and it becomes the property of, of the Kohen. Uh, the Nafkmin always is, if the Kohen walks up to his beloved fiancé and says, Arima Kodeshisly with it, it counts. In other words, it's his mamain. But by the way, Chayzu Mishalom Chulun Tahirin. He's got to go back to the store, buy another similar amount of Chulun Tarin and pay that back. Because as far as getting paid back, it hasn't been paid back yet. Now, one second. If we looked at the stuff that it was paid back, let's go, why does he have to pay again? So Rashi says, That's just a kanas. That's a, a, a penalty on top. And that doesn't become truma. That's just the extra amount that, oh, buddy, you thought you were going to get away with paying um, Chulin Tameyan? No, no, no. You got to get an equivalent amount of Chulin Tarin and pay that on top of your slick move, which will avoid the slick moves in the future. That's the end of the Brisa. Now, why are we even bringing this in? Because we want to show there's a steer within Rabbi Meir's. And we ask on this, according to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir was the one who said, it's a good payment, but Bemezid, it's not. Bemezid, am I ain Tashlum of Tashlumen? Why is it not counting as a payment? Bottom line, am I, anyone here a Kohen? I'm not. Anyone come a Kohen over Shabbos? I did not become a Kohen. If you're a Kohen, when you are Tahor, great, you can eat Truma. When you're Tameh, you can't eat Truma. Okay? Let's say you have um, produce that is Tahor. When you are Tameh, you're not really supposed to go near it. What are you supposed to go near? Tameh produce. So if what got paid back to this Kohen was Tameh Chulin, why would it not count as a good payment? bracha. That's actually a great thing for Bob Cohen or Jim Cohen or whoever the Cohen is who's getting this paid back to him. He ate something from the Cohen that would not have been fitting for him. He ate truma tamea. No one can eat truma tamea. The kamishalimlin. What's he paying back? Something that's actually of more value. Midi something. That he could actually turn into a loaf of bread and eat when he's tamei. The Amar Rava, and to explain what's going on here, said Rava Amrila Kedi. There are those who say it was I don't know, nameless who said this. Chasuri Mechzera the Basically, we have to reread 
Now, we're going to reread almost the entire Brysa with adding in one line because it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense that if there's a Kohen and I ate a pound of his Truma Tamea and I pay him back Chulen Tamean, that it won't count. What do you mean it won't count? I'm actually giving him something that's more valuable than when I ate from him. So here's what's going on. I put a right angle in over the here, the Hachikatani, and I guess it's one, two, three, four, five, six lines, but almost six and a half lines later, we close the right angle. All we're going to do is requote the five line Brysa, adding in one line. That one line is really going to be the, the Icar. What's that? Is it a ribbon? Nah. It's only five six, it's not six six. Says the Brysa. Achal Truma Tamea. Is that the way the previous Brysa started out? Yeah. Achal Truma Tamea. So you have a person, uh, let's say me, and I ate some Cohen's, accidentally I ate some Truma Tamea. Says the rereading, Mishalem Koldahu. I can pay back with anything. What's the value of Truma Tamea to the Cohen? Nothing. I can't eat it. So I can pay back anything. In other words, even Chulun Tamean. What's the value of Chulun Tamean to the Kohen? Well, when he's Tamea, it's great. That's what he eats. So that's actually something more valuable to him. And all the more so, Chulun Tehoirin, I can pay back. Okay. Achal Truma Tehoira. I underline these three lines because this is, I mean, it didn't say this at all in the price, but this is what we're understanding the case has to be. Let's say accidentally I ate Truma Tehoira. Now, what's the value of Truma Tehoira to the Kohen? That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's what they eat. That's it. Then I have to pay back something that is tahor. Why? Because when I pay back to the Kohen and it magically turns into truma-like, you have to make sure that it's tahira so that it'll be able to be consumed by him. Mishalim chulen tahirim. Let's say, though, comma, I ate truma tahira and I'm going to pay back chulen temein, chulen temein mahu. Now we understand why it may not be a good payback. Sumcha samar mishum rabbi meir, we box from meir. Bishoigeg, which I double end on Bishoigeg, if the re, that which I paid back the um, Tamea Kulin wasn't intentional, it just that's what I paid back. Tashum of Tashumin, it counts. Why? Because when I ate it Bishoigeg, I ate a pound, what do I essentially have to pay back? A pound. Am I paying a pound back? I am. Am I doing it purposely that I'm giving him this other stuff? No, it was a mistake, and that's why it would. Counts and therefore I ate let's say twenty seven dollars one pound of stuff I'm paying back one pound twenty seven dollars stuff bemazed however if it's done bemazed ain't tashlum tashlumen even though maybe del raisa it would be a good payment but here it's not because I'm giving something that's not useful to him that's Rabbi Meir the Chachamim by the way does that sound like Rabbi Meir is consoning shayigatu mazed it does not if I did it bemazed it doesn't count if I did it b'shayigat it does count as a payback. That doesn't sound like there's a kanas or shegat to mezid. Okay. Chachamim aimrim. The box of chachamim. Echad zev, echad Whether it was paid back. B'shoigig. Whether it was b'mezid that I'm paying back this chulin. Temeyin. For the truma tahira that I ate. Tashum tashum. And it counts as a payback. Uh, by the way, you have to go and buy the same stuff again and give that as like a secondary payback. The chayzer. Umeshalem as a kanas chulin tahirin. Okay, we, we've brought... How many lines have we done so far? About 12, 13, 14 lines. Why are we bringing this in? Because Rabbi Meir last time had said, or the way we explained Rabbi Meir, in Doraisa issues, there's no reason to make a kanas. Show you got to maze it. So Ravacha Bredravika explains what's going on in this case. Do we make the kanas of Shoyigatu maze it or not? And apparently, according to Rabbi Meir here, we do not. Why? According to the mayor in Doraisis, we should make the kenas. Answers the Gemara. No, you can't compare these two cases. What's the intention of the person over here? Did he have bad intentions or good intentions? If he did it, he had good intentions. Just paid back the wrong stuff. He was supposed to pay back Hulin to Hirin. He paid back Hulin to Mayan. Why would we consent? We consent a person who's got bad intentions. We consent a person who's doing something willingly improper. Hachi hashtan, therefore the one says, how can you compare this? Hasam over in that case that we just brought of the guy who's paying back the uh, chulin because he ate the truma of the coin. Gavra lishlumi kamichvin. He went, he paid uh, $133 to get the stuff to, to return it to the Kohen. Ana nekum v'niknesei, and we should get up and consonant because of this thing that he did as opposed to what we were dealing with on um, 
on Friday, in the previous uh, uh, two daf, where what was going on there? He had a no goodnik. He was being metame the Cohen's things, or he was being medameya somebody else's things. Uh, okay, even if he was doing it b'shoigig, but you're involved in something not good. Here, the person's involved in paying back, and that is considered good, and therefore we will not consonant. The next three Tanaic sources, which are all going to be questions on Rabbi Meir, are almost the exact same template. So there's a uh, Tashma over here. I put a triangle on that. Three lines later, in the middle of the line, another Tashma. And three lines below that, another Tashma. And each one of them is going to seem to say that we are not making a Knas Shoyigatu Mezid. But why not? So here's the first of the uh, little Tanakh sources. This is um, in the Beis HaMikdash, the Zrika is done by a Kohen and only a Kohen. That's it. Only a Kohen can do it. Now the Kohen has um, a, a responsibility to make sure that the things that he's doing for the Karban are done properly. Let's say you have blood of a Karban that before it was spritzed on the Mizbeach became Tameh. That's no good. So says the um, Says little Brisa, it goes for just over line. Dam shenitma um, vizarku. Now, uh, if you have uh, blood, which, uh, by the way, I just want to mention each one of these three Tashmas, this one, the next one, and the one after that, are all in the realm of Isure Dirabanans. And each one's going to be a question on Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi Meir says in the realm of Dirabanans, we do make the Kanas. And in each one of these cases, we're going to seemingly not make the Kanas, and that's going to be the base of the question. So if you have Dam, She, Nitma, Ve, Zarku, blood of a Karban that became Tameh is not supposed to be spritz. This was became Tameh and was spritz, however it was done. Bishoigeg, the Kohen did Bishoigeg Hortza, the person who brought that Karban, who's having a process for them, uh, would get a Ritsui, it counts as the Karban for them. Uh, Bemezid, however, if the spritzing of the Tameh blood was done uh, Mezid, then Lo Hortza, there would not be a Ritsui. Okay, that is in the realm of Dirabanan. It's a Stam to make source, we'll assume it's Rabbi Meir, and if that's the case, uh, why Lo Hortza? Why Hortza? If Lo Hortza Mezid, shouldn't we constant Shoyi to Mezid? Rabbi Meir's rule of thumb was, constant Shoyi to Mezid. Whatever the case is in Mezid, we should say they came in Shoyi Say the same Shoyi So, uh, Rabbi Meir is no longer with us, but if he was here, says the Gemara, Amar Lach Meir, he would answer, Hachi Hashta. Over there, What's the intention of the person who is bringing the carbon? He wants to get a kapara. Hasam, gavro, the kapuri kamechven. That's his intention. And we, if the Kohen did the Zrika and he did it, we should get up and give him a kas. In other words, again, the overall intention of what's going on over here, if it's b'shoigeg, is good. The Rabbanan aren't into getting in, involved in situations where everyone has good intentions and constanting them. They're certainly involved in getting in a situation where people don't have good intentions and constanting them, but not in this case, as opposed to what we had last week where a person is intentionally making tame or making uh, tevel somebody else's produce. So we try again, Tashma, another Tanaic source. Um, this is on... The weekday is when, if you have produce, you take uh, trumas and mices from it. You do not do that on Shabbos Kaidish. If somebody did it on Shabbos Kaidish, it's an Isr de Rabbanan. Still shouldn't have done it, but it's an Isr de Rabbanan. So over here, the Tanakh source is Hama'aser Bishabbos. Again, it's only an Isr de Rabbanan, so we're still not supposed to do it, but let's say someone did it. What about what, what remains? Can you eat that or... Not now. This was it. Was it a good meiser or not? Well, if he did it, bishoyig. I know I'm bishoyig. Yoichal can go ahead and eat the rest of the peros. In other words, it sort of like counts as good trumas and meisers being taken, separated. The mazid, however, mazid lo yoichal. That's the end of the snake source. So we let's mayor. We do not make a knas in the case of shoyig atu mazid. But it's the realm of the Rabbanon. Why? Didn't Rabbi Meir's rule of thumb say that you yes constant shoyig atu mazid in the realm of the Rabbanons? And the answer is quite similar. How now? Hasam, what was the person trying to do? Well, he's trying to take Shumas and Maisris. 
like he didn't go to class number three, which is that we don't do this on Saturday mornings. We do it on Sunday mornings or Tuesday mornings or Friday mornings, not on Shabbos Kodesh. Hasam gavr letikuni kamechvin. His intention was to do the right thing, to fix the produce so that it would go from being tevel to being able to be um, eaten. Anan leikum velikneseh, and we're supposed to get up and constant this fellow? Well, we'll teach him and he'll do better next time. Tashma, this is the last in our series of Tanaic sources, um, um, anyone ever get like a new pot and your wife says okay honey I'm going to take it to the mikvah you don't have to that's never happened before it's always take it to the mikvah okay take it to the mikvah you take it on Thursday it's fine take it on Sunday. how about you take it on Shabbos morning and that's supposed to tell you Kalim on Shabbos let's say somebody did Hamat bil Kalim Shabbos. is that Nisit no but is it the Rabbanon you're supposed to wait but let's say you did it well what was the intention? Colon If you did Bishoigeg, okay, it counts. You shouldn't have done it, but it counts. Bemazid, lo That's the end of the Tanaic source. Once again, what's Ramir going to do with this? Right? Ramir is the one who says that in the realm of the abundance, we have to consen Shoigeg atumazid for the betterment of society, for the Tikkun Oilam. Here, we're not doing that. And you'll never guess what the answer is. Similar to the previous answers, Halchihashta. Hasam, you were going and trying to title the Kli. Like, you didn't realize that you're not supposed to do it on a Saturday morning. You know, as far as you know, you live in the Hasidish part of town. Everyone, they all go to the mikvah on Shabbos morning. Like, why wouldn't you go to the mikvah? Why can't you tovel the kli on Shabbos morning? You're not supposed to tovel. Just question even whether you're supposed to tovel yourself. It's not a Torah of on Shabbos morning. But be that as it may. Hasam gavr letari manaka He wants to be metaher the kli. That was his intention. Anan, leikum, velikneseh. And we, the rabbi, should get up and consonant him. Bottom line rule of thumb is over here, No. When the intention of the person was positive, we do not consonant him. When the intention of the person was negative, there, even though Mikra didn't, it might be okay, we will throw a kanas on the situation and make it as though whatever he tried to do to fix it didn't work. Period. I think we have this line underlined, maybe, the first half of the line, because what we're going to do is go back now to Rabbi Yehuda. Up, up till now, we've been, well, first we were within the Steer in the Bryson and the Rebbe Mayors. Rebbe Yehuda. What did Rebbe Yehuda say in Dirabonans? He said, We do not make a knas in Dirabonans. That was Rebbe Yehuda. The Rami Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda, Dirabonan, Desanya. Here we're going to have a Bryson now. We're going to see Rebbe Yehuda says, Interesting enough, here Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe are on the same side, and uh, it's going to be apparently uh, difficult to understand. So the, it takes about five lines to develop. The first three lines plus a word are um, a Tanaic source. Possibly a Brysa, or possibly maybe paraphrasing from Mishnah Orla. Okay. Anyone know what Egoze Perach are? Coconuts? I thought they were coconuts. Maybe not coconuts. There's some sort of fancy nut. Um, Egoze Perach. Do you have a translation of it? Do you, yeah. Does it say Egoze Perach in the uh, Hebrew side? No. Okay. Uh, what, whatever it is, it's, it's kind of like a... It's some sort of... Let's just call it a, a fancy nut. Um, they're so fancy, they're so chashuv, that they will not be batel, not 1 to 2, not 1 to 60, not 1 to 100, they're just not batel. Okay. Let's say it was cracked open, and this Egozi Perach is a Arla Egozi Perach, like it was year 2 or year 3 that it grew, so that's really Asr. And then it got mixed into some others. Is there going to be bitl there? So as it's a whole state, it can never become batel. Let's say that cracked open, and then it fell in. Or let's say it fell in, and then got cracked open. Does that take away, give it the ability to be mevatel it? So in other words, an orla one for sure is asr. And if you have that egg goze perach, orla one, and it got mixed in, and it's, it's complete, it doesn't make a difference, it's mixed into a thousand other ones. The whole thing becomes asr. How about though, naflu v'nispatsu, it fell in, and then it became smashed. So it became so that it's, it's uh, less um, independent than it was previously. Echad shoigeg ve'echad mezid lo yalu. Whether what was going on here was mezid or even it was shoigeg, it will not become batel. Lo yalu means no matter how many other egozi peraks that are permissible there were in that uh, now mixture, they're all going to become asr diva reb meir. We underlined reb meir and we circled rabbi Yehuda. Because we want to really focus on Rabbi Yehuda over here. Mm-hmm. What did Rabbi Yehuda uh, last say about the Rabbanans? 
he said there's no reason to make a kanas in the realm of the Rabbanans. Okay, here we certainly see he's making a kanas because even in the case of Shoyge, it would be a problem. Kama. Rabbiosi, for Rib Shimon, I boxed Rabbiosi. Rabbiosi and Rib Shimon, Aimrim, well, eh, it depends. Was it Bishoyge or Mazid? Bishoyge, Yalu, if it was Bishoyge that they fell in, then there will be Bittel. By the way, the sheer bitzel here is probably going to be one to two hundred. So if you had, like, say, two hundred and thirty-seven other ones, and one it goes a parach that fell in, and it happened b'shoigig, it would make the mixture totally permissible. Might have to take one out, but it's mixture permissible. Whereas b'meizid lo yalu, I don't underline lo yalu. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Now, on a Torah level, is there such thing as bitzel? For sure. What's the sheer rov? You have two that are permissible, one that's usher. That already, that does it. That, that's bitzel midaraisa. The ha-hacha, in this case, where you have something that's usher getting mixed in with something that's mutter, de midaraisa, on a Torah level, chad betray, batel. Chad betray is what we call rove. You have majority, that's okay. Then listen, it got mixed in on a Torah level, it's fine. The rabbanan who did usher, all of these 160th and 1, one to 100, 1 to 200, and in this case, it goes to Paris, not even 1 to 1,000. That's all on a Durabanan level, and do we see Rabbi Yehuda constantly on something that's in a Durabanan level? Yes, we do. is Rabbi Yehuda. But didn't Rabbi Yehuda tell us at the end of uh, Shabbos Ashir that we do not make a Kanas in the realm of Durabanans? And here we see Rabbi Yehuda saying you do make a Kanas in the realm of Durabanans. Answers the Gemara? No, like we said on the Shabbos Daf. Rabbi Yehuda does not cons in the realm of the Rabbanans. Well, why is he doing it over here? Hasam hainu taima de Rabbi Yehuda. Why is he so machmer then? That when it comes to the Sagozi Perach, there's not going to be bitl. Mishum da'asi li'i This is too um, common, a possibility that the person would come to use a little bit of basic subterfuge. And as Rashi says, asi li'arumi, uh, Rashi is about seven, eight lines down in the narrow lines of Rashi, he has this uh, and it falls in okay there were 1,473 and he cannot believe that the other one fell into them now isn't it possible he could think to himself one second if, if I say it was like then the whole thing is going to be mutter and if I don't then the whole thing's going to be usher. So Rashi says, usher room, ulehis kavain. V'yoymer, oh, shayig ha'yisi, v'lenis kavanti, k'dila. I had no intention of being mevatalit. Therefore we say, no, no, there's too much writing on that. Even b'shayig, no bitl. Okay. Just to tie up one loose end, because who was the name that we had just introduced in the second line? I think we actually boxed them. Rabbi We've been dealing with Rabbi and Rabbi Huda for the past two, three days. Now Rabiosi pops up, so we might as well bring in Estira and Rabiosi. So Rabiosi, when it came to the Egoze Perachs, said, um, Ooh, we're not going to constantly show you got to Mazid. The Mazid, there'll be no Bittel, but Shoigig, there will be. Really? Virami Rabiosi, Ad Rabiosi. So here's another snake source, Ditznan. Goes for the rest of these five lines, and it seems that Rabiosi, who, when it came to Egoze Perach, said we don't make a Kanas. Let's see what he says over here. Nitia shel arla v'shel kilaiha kerem. Let's say you have something that was planted, and it's arla. So let's say year two or year three, um, or kilayim. Shenis arvu benitias acheiros. So you get mixed up with other saplings. So you have one sapling that's an arla or kilai kerem one, mixed up with a bunch of other ones. Hareze lo yilakate. You cannot really pick it, right? Because as it's in its place and it's attached to the ground, there's really going to be no bittel. It's chashuv and there's no bittel. V'im liktan, let's say, you're supposed to go ask the rabbi. You always know you're supposed to go ask the rabbi, but you didn't. You didn't shayel and you picked anyway from that area. Then what's the shear to mevatel? This You knew there was a sapling of Orla there, a sapling of kilaim. Ya'alu, right? There'll be a... Ya'alu is Lashon of Bittel. What ratio? So if you had, let's say, at least 201, there were 200 that were permissible. One of them was that, that, that uh, the black sheep of the, uh, of the saplings. Either it was Orla or Kilai Karim, and you picked them all. It, it counts as Bittel. As long as you didn't have intention to pick it so that you'd be able to move it. That's the Tanakama. However, Rabbi Yossi, who we boxed, Oimer, Af, 
Hamiskaven lelaket. Now, miskaven, that sounds like mazed to me. I even wrote above that. If I had neon letters, I'd put it in neon letters. Mazed. Even if his intention was to pick that, the Netiyah of Orlo or Kilayim with the other ones, Ya'alu, I doubt underline the word Ya'alu, Be'echadu Masayim. As long as there's a ratio of one to, a hun- of two, to 200, in other words, 200 of Mutter, then Bittal occurs. That's in the Sinaic source. You can compare this with the dot underline on the fourth line, which said Lo Ya'alu. So what does Rabiosi hold? Is there going to be Bittal or is there not going to be Bittal? Apparently there will be, according to this, but Rabiosi on the third, fourth line said there wasn't going to be. What do we do with this? Well, Ha'it Marava was explained or was stated regarding this. Amarava, what's the situation here? He has one sapling of Arla in the middle of his field or one sapling of Kilai Kim. Why would a person do that? That ruins like everything else there. He can have 173 other vines and one that's Kilai that got mixed in there or one that's Arla. Chazaka, ain Adam Oiseres Karma Benetia Achas. There's no person in their right mind who would usher everything they have by having some other usher thing planted there. And so what, says Rashi, across from here about three lines down, You don't have a person who plants Arla. If he's going to plant it there, he's there for sure will put like a little red uh, ribbon on it or something. Because if he doesn't, like, what's the benefit? Why, why would a person, uh, you know, he needs an extra, he doesn't have any eraser, so he's going to cut a piece of the tire of his, of his car out so he'll be able to erase something while he's got a flat tire. It doesn't make sense. This is the Yikr, and I underline this in the Rashi. Since it's so uncommon for this to occur, there's a general rule that the Rabbanan step in in cases that are common for society to make society better. But a situation which is so unusual, the Rabbanan don't even get involved with that. As opposed to what used to be the most typical question the rabbi at the town be asked, Rabbi, a little bit of milk fell into my chicken soup, or a little piece of meat fell into my, my, uh, my milk uh, um, uh, oatmeal in the morning. That's a common question. The bottom line, the reason that this is going to be not included, not because it wouldn't be similar in principle, but it just doesn't happen. And things that don't happen, things that are not shriach, like Azur Bar Says the Gemara, just to finish up, that also... Who came, special visitor here in Bavel from Eretz Yisrael, V'chein, Kiyasu, when Ravin came, he said, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, that the explanation of this is, Chazaka, Ein Adam Oiseres Karmai Ben Achas. There's no person in their right mind who has their vineyard and they're going to purposely plant something which will basically make the whole vineyard usher. Okay, the second half of the shear is uh, a lot more straightforward. Hakaihanim Shepiglum and Mikdash Mizidin Chayavin. I want to bring a carbon. I can't, I'm a Yisrael. So I go to the base of Mikdash and I find my local Kohen and he processes the Korban. One of the things he's not supposed to do is to be mefagelet, to have some sort of machshavah, whatever he could have a machshavah and he could ruin it. Let's say he did it, not b'shoigig, but b'mezid. It's a guy, I don't know, a business deal went bad, he sees, oh, there's Horowitz coming, I'm going to be mefagel his Korban on purpose. Well, no, he's going to be liable for that. That's the Mishnah. Tan Rabbanan. We'll see a little bit more as we uh, get into the more. This brisa goes for almost six lines and starts here. Haya oisimai bitara. Let's say if a person is working with someone else in produce that is tahor currently. Valmarloi, and he says to him, um, by the way, Bob, did I mention I was tame? Tahare sha'asisimcha, the taras that I'm doing with you right now, nit me'u. They're tame. Or, this fellow's a Kohen, and he's processing a Korban. And he says, oh, uh, I, like, I just did the Shrit, I'm about to do the Zrika. Hey, uh, uh, Jim, you know that uh, uh, I had a Machshava, like, as I was doing the Zrika for the Shrita. Bottom line, the, the issue here is, He's in the middle of processing, whether it's the taras that he's working with, whether it's the karbanas he's a kohen he's working with. Do you believe when the person says that? Yes, ne'eman, he is believed. And whatever the results would be, all the taras become tame, and the karban becomes ruined. Aval, however, 
and here's a flip case, a squiggler on the aval. Amar loy, let's say you have the same two people, except it's, let's say, three days later. And he says, hey, Jim, remember when I was dealing with those Taras with you three days ago? Uh, I forgot to mention, but I was actually Tame at that time. They became Tame. Or the guy is in shul, it's like Saturday morning, he gets the Aliyah, he gets the Kohen Aliyah, and on his way back, he uh, says to the person who's carboning process like four days earlier, the carbonus that I processed for you, back a few days ago, Nispaglu, there he's not given believability. Okay. Bottom line, do we believe the, um, the person who's coming and admitting that he did something wrong or not? Well, ask the Gemara now, Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. Why do we believe him in the Reisha's case and not in the Seifa? And it might have been obvious, but Amar Abaye, and Abaye's name, and uh, Rava, who's a line later, gives a different understanding. Amar Abaye, Kol Ne'eman. Do I have the ability to do the thing that I'm saying I claim that I did right now or not? So if I'm still in the middle of working with your payros, can I make them Toho right now? Yeah, can I make them Tame? Yeah. And therefore, if I say they were Tame, believe me. Or if I'm a Kohen, I'm in the middle of processing your, uh, your Korban, middle of, let's say, between the Shrita and, and the Zrika. Do I have the ability still to have a Machshava that would make it pickle? Yes. So if, when I admit to what I did, I still have the ability to do that, then Ne'eman. Okay. Now, again, it has to be like a really strange case where the Kohen is uh, processing the carbon. He did the Shrita, and I don't know how he lets the other guy know that it is on his, uh, on his Bluetooth uh, uh, earpiece or something like that. But hey, you know, Jim, you know, I, I, I just had a Machshava Piggle on the carbon that I did the, the uh, Shrita on, and I'm telling you this before I did the Shrita, but bottom line, whatever the case is, that's when they on. Rava has a different approach. Rava says, um, no, even if it's not Biyadoi, the culprit to do that right now he's still believed why because he then has to explain in the seifa why do we not believe him in the seifa you would think it would be a big thing if a kohen was mefagel somebody else's carbon so let's say he did the carbon at uh, uh noon and then they meet up with each other at the and then the canteen at like two in the uh, afternoon doesn't say anything to him and then afterwards, so let's say four in the afternoon when they meet up again, then he has this insight and tells him. That's the case. The person, uh, whether it's the one who was working with Taharas with the other guy, or the Kohen who was processing the carbon for somebody, he met up with him, he didn't say anything at the first time. Only afterwards, which that a little bit suspicious that's why I won't believe him. Because if really that was the case, he probably would have told him the first time he saw him. Three cases to end today's shear. Hahu, I put a diamond around this. Hahu. About 12 lines later, first word uh, on the line is bif, uh, fish paste. And in the middle of that line is hahu, another diamond. And then three lines from the bottom. I'll mention each one as we go through it. So three cases. Interesting cases, if I might add myself. Hahu, here's the first. So you have a fellow who said to his buddy. Yeah, remember like three days ago, back on Tuesday, we were uh, processing some produce that was starting together. Well, actually it became tummy. Oh man, so the guy says, well, I, this stuff became tummy. What am I supposed to do now? Go to the rabbi. Who's the rabbi? Oh, so the case came before Rebbe Ami. I circled Rebbe Ami. Amar lay and uh, Rebbe Ami said, well, uh, Shuras Hadin, like Mikra Hadin, Enoi Neeman, the guy's not believed. It's just like after the fact. Amar Lafan of Rabbi Asi, often when there's Rabbi Ami, you know who's waiting around the corner? Rabbi Asi, so I know Rabbi Asi. Rabbi Asi says to Rabbi Ami, uh, what's that? <laughs> Rabbi, he, and it says, uh, Rabbi, Ata uh, Oymerkane. Clearly, that is your position. Now, why is he saying this? Comma connector. However, Hachiyama Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Yossi, I know Rabbi Yochanan, who's quoting Rabbi Yossi, well, uh, what am I supposed to do? Because, like, the Torah believes him. In other words, it sounds like uh, Rabbi Amiya told the guy, like, uh, he's not believed, don't worry. And then, but there's another opinion, clearly, that says he is believed, and not only is believed, but the Torah believes him. Now, we have to ask, like, well, where, where's the precedent in the Torah where we believe a person after the fact telling us something? Uh, where is that? Well, Interesting case. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Bizna. 
The 10th of Tishrei, when we had a base of Migdash, there was a lot going on. It wasn't Bugs Bunny, who was first base, second base, third base. It was the Kohen Gadol, who was doing everything the entire day, including, what's usually not done, Korban Avodas inside the base of Migdash building. Normally, Korban Avodas are done outside where people can see it. He goes into the building and sensibly there's nobody there, right? There's not supposed to be anyone there when he goes in. He does certain spritzes of the blood. So let's say you have a Kohen Gadol. On Yom Kippurim, I don't know if they're going to ask this guy to come back next year, but you know what he comes, says when uh, he comes out? He's, you know, on Yom Kippurim, Yoichiach will prove the point that somebody, after the fact, will be able to ruin something. Amar Pigol Mehemen. If he just happens to stroll out of the Kodesh Kodashim on Yom Kippur and says, oh, by the way, when I was like spritzing the blood of like getting the Kippur for all cholesterol, I was mefagel, that I had a machshava chutzman, chutzman, Mehemen, he's believed. Now, how do we know? Would he then have to do the whole thing all over again? No, he believed, then he'd have to do it all over again. Bottom line is he believed? He's believed. Do we know what happened? We have no idea what happened. It was only him in there, and he's telling us this after the fact. Now, how are we supposed to know that what he's saying is correct? The Haksiv, the Pasuk, says very clearly, Nobody there except for the Kohen. Ella lav mishum, rather it must be, even after the fact, if someone tells us they ruined something, demehemen. Okay, uh, so what do we see? That's what Yochanan said, that listen, we, even after the fact, we'll believe someone if they're telling us they ruined something, even though like it's all happened already. The Gemara says, well, maybe not. This is such a bizarre case, but maybe, imagine you have like Gans Klai Yisrael in the, as, as close as they can get in the Azara, and they hear that voice coming, not the voice of, like, the Shechina, but the voice of, you know, Jim Cohn, who happens to be the Cohen Gadol this year, I'm officially being Mephagel this Korban, I'm having Machshava Pili, like, he screams it out so they could all hear it, Vedilma Deshamane Depogil, maybe the reason that we know he was Mephagel is because we heard him, and you can imagine, him. oh, man, we should, I know we shouldn't have hired Jim, look at his resume, you know, the guy's a bit of a character, well, the problem with that is, Elav de Mehemen, still we need to rely on him and his believability, why, when did he say that? Essentially, he's saying it in between, let's say, when he's doing the, the Zerikas of the blood, but the Hemen, Afagav de Shamane, Nami, Loi Mehemen. We're still not necessarily believing. Maybe, you know, it would be a great story for his grandchildren, that he already did the Avoda, and just to, like, get everyone riled up, he said, Oh, I'm going to officially be Mephagel, even though it's past the time he can be Mephagel. The Gemara says, Well, okay, but may, did they have little uh, spy cameras in those days? That would be the Gemara say now. Maybe they put one of those little, uh, little tiny cameras that Mossad had put in there. Um, no, but they did have pishpesh, or fish, fish paste, or pi- what's a pishpesh? There were two tiny little entrances, which if you like, situated your eyeball directly on it, you could actually see into the Kodesh of where the Kohen was doing what he was doing. Um, they even had that in the Kodesh itself. You're not supposed to be peeking in, but theoretically somebody could be, and they would see at the time that he screamed out, he was Mimifangal, that he had not yet done the Avoda, that's so in Ovedilma, de Pishpesh. Maybe some Kohen who happened to be peeking in to what was going on, he saw that when it happened. Kasha, that's, that's actually a good point. That, that would be a bit of a difficulty for this, uh, for this story. Next case. Hahuda Asa Lakame, I guess Rabami is front and center. At least in the first two cases, a person came to, I circled Rabami, Amarle, he said to him like this, um, I'm a cipher, I got paid $50,000 for writing the Sefer Torah. <clears throat> By the way, Sefer Torah Shekasavti Laploini, that Sefer Torah that I wrote out for him, Azkara Shaloi, Loi Kasavtim Lishman. Every Shem Hashem, there's a lot of Shem Hashems in the Sefer Torah that I wrote, I actually didn't do it Lishma. That's a really big problem. Okay? Amarle, by the way, he already wrote the Sefer Torah. He's coming and telling us afterwards. Amarle, so says the rabbi uh, to the Sefer, Sefer Torah beyond me, who's got the Sefer Torah currently? Amarle, beyond like, yeah. oh, the purchaser has it already. Amarle, well, says uh, Rabbi Ami to the guy, you're believed to lose what you got paid for it. But you do not have believability now to ruin the Sefer Torah. I underline Rabirmia. Okay. What does a person get paid the fifty thousand dollars writing a Sefer Torah? How much of that, if you have to work out like percentage wise, is for the Shem Hashems? I don't know, one percent? Two percent? How many Shem Hashems? Maybe you have to have special Kavana during the Shem Hashem, before, but no you to have since Karas Karais. Granted he should lose the wages because of his own admission for 
whatever it would be the percentage of writing the shame Hashem's of a Sefer Torah. It's hard to Sefer Torah, Kulei Mihifsin. Why should he lose the rest of the wages? Amar says back, I guess Rabbi to Rabbi in, yes, what's the value of a Sefer Torah that has every shame Hashem written without proper Lishma? Basically, nothing. Shekol Sefer Torah, She'ein Azkarash, like Suvais Lishman, Eino Shavaklum. Is basically worthless. That's why he loses all of his wages. Well, one second. Don't we have a solution to if there's a shame Hashem that's written? Not in Tefillin and Mezuzahs, but in a Sefer Torah you can write things out of order. There's a shame Hashem. It's a Yud and then a hey and then a Vav and a hey. So can't you just have somebody come with the proper intention and take the ink and trace over, write over a Yud? And then a hey, and then a vav and a with good intentions, and that fixes it. So why don't we say over here that that would work? Vidliavir, let somebody else, or even let this person himself, pass over the quill onto the letters, writing more ink, putting more ink, and lick the shay, and then be makdashit. Now, did he give that answer? He did not give that answer. And since he didn't give that answer, come on, who should we say we're going like? Which Tana? Apparently, Nema Delok Rabbi Yehuda. Not like Rabbi Yehuda, it's not. We have a Mishnah, and Rabbi Yehuda seems to say that this would be a solution. Says the quote of the Mishnah goes for about two and a half lines. Let's say this is another case. You have a person, he's writing a Sefer Torah, and he's supposed to write the Shem Hashem, the Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. Uh, maybe he didn't get enough sleep, maybe he's just human, and he looks at it and he says, Oh, that's Yehuda, right? Yud, Hey, Dalad, Yud, Yud, Hey, Vav, Dalad, Hey, right? That's Yehuda. I'm going to write Yehuda. Is that the right Kavana when you're supposed to be writing a Shem Hashem? No. So he has the Kavani, he's going to write Yehuda, and his hand doesn't like follow through with what his brain wanted. By the way, what is the name Yehuda if you take the Dalit out? yod hey vav hey. So he ends up writing it. So his, he's thinking it should write Yehuda. He writes, what can he do? Is it, is it like ruined? No. Let him take the quill, more ink, write over it again with the proper intention, and that will work. By the way, did he give this solution? The, the rabbi didn't, so maybe we're not holding like Rabbi Yehuda. You can't do that. You can't take a shame Hashem that was done improperly and splotch a little bit more ink on top of it and do that. Ein Hashem min That's the end of the next source. And bottom line, we want to know, are we going like not like Rabbi Yehuda or not? Well, says the Gemara, you can actually say, Rabbi Yehuda. Where did Rabbi Yehuda say this was the solution? You have a Sefer Torah. How many times do you say the same Hashem in the Sefer Torah? I have no idea. A lot, though. Okay? So, it's a solution for one Shem Hashem. However, can you imagine a Sefer Torah that every Shem Hashem was written improperly, and they have to go and write, is there a thousand? Is there three thousand Shem Hashems? It's basically going to look splotched. There's going to be some uh, words. Basically, every Shem Hashem is going to be much darker, and you're going to have every other word not, and that just doesn't look nice. About the Kulei Sefer Torah, Lo Mishum Demechsi, it looks Kemenumar looks spotted or it looks uneven or it looks uh, leopard like period and one final case hahu if a diamond is hahu do does the kame i guess rabbi ami had retired and now we have rabbi avo i circled rabbi avo case came before him amarle says sefer that sefer torah that i um wrote for jim gvilin the gvil is the parchment itself shaloi loy ivanatim lishman i didn't um, do ibud when processing it into a lishma, and like you're supposed to do that. So, uh, what happens to uh, the situation? Amar Le says, Rabbi Avo to this fellow, Sefer Torah me, who currently is in possession of the Sefer Torah. Amar Le says, Biad Keach, the purchaser already has it. Amar Loi, so he says back, Mitoich, I squiggle on the Mitoich, since Shatanem and Lahavsit that you are believed. To ruin your wages, to have to like give back your wages. Atanem on the Sefer Torah. You are believed also to ruin the Sefer Torah, and we'll have to put a big sticker puzzle on that Sefer Torah. Okay, is that what we saw Rabbi Ami say previously? No, he said before, like you're believed to lose your wages, but you're not believed to ruin the Sefer Torah. Umay shnami to Rabbi Ami. So why is this any different than Rabbi Ami's case? And with this, we will conclude a little bit later than usual. But Hasam over there. Ika lameimar toi bidir rabirmia. Do we have rabirmia? Yeah, rabirmia was on the second wide line. We'll see what he is in a minute. Hacha over here came into kamafsid kule agre. Since 
What's he essentially saying? When he says all the parchments were not done properly, he realizes then the whole Sefer Torah is no good. He's basically saying the $50,000 that he deposited into his bank last week, he has to withdraw it and return the whole amount. And yet he's still coming and telling us that. The Asa the Amar, you know what? He's probably telling the truth. Amor, I'll tell you, the likely reality is Kushta Kamar, that he's telling us the truth. And therefore the Sefer Torah is going to be possible. Why do we say previously that it wouldn't be? He made a mistake in Rabbi Yirmiya. says, Rashi, on the uh, second line in the Rashi, Hasam Ikalameimar Demeshaker. Now, why in the world would a cipher come afterwards and say, every Shem Hashem I wrote, I didn't have good kavana? You know why? He thinks he deposited $50,000. Shem Hashem, so let's say 1% of the words. So how much is he going to have to refund? He have to give back, I don't know, one hundred, five hundred dollars $500. I have to pay back $500. If he's a little bit of a nasty guy, is he willing to do that? He got $50,000 for the Sefer Torah. But what's the Sefer Torah worth that has Shem Hashem's that are all not good? Nothing. So he just pocketed the fifty thousand. He's going to come and say this because he thinks that he's only going to have to give back five hundred. There, we won't believe him. Now he's going to get the shock of his life when he realizes he's going to have to pay the whole thing back. But before that time, there's not. So what Rashi says on the second line: Hasmik lememar demeshakir. You could say he's lying. Veniskaven lehaknit. He wants to like get under the skin of the person. I don't know why he wants it. Usually, a person just paid you fifty thousand dollars for a sefer Torah. In this case, though, if he's coming and saying the klafim were not done properly, he knows he's losing his entire wage, and still he comes and tells us that, I have to figure that he's probably telling the truth. All right, Adkan.